Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. Mike Schulte here with a first for episode seven. We're going to have a little introduction to this podcast. Uh, it was a very, very uh, important and fully informational discussion. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I, um, I think there might be some unpopular opinions stated in here, which is okay. Uh, we're not all supposed to get along, all puppy dogs and rainbows. So if you, uh, if you agree or you disagree, get in the comments. Let us know why you agree or why you disagree. Also wanted to point out that Ian's microphone was having some problems during the podcast. Um, it's going to be a little soft. We've done what we can. It's going to sound like he didn't even have a microphone really and he's talking into the room. But as we get going, uh, the volume comes up and then about halfway through, it's it's right back where it needs to be. So bear with us on that one. Also, uh, Kurt Burgess makes a comment about a Green Day uh, tribute band. We developed the fact that he actually did not know that there was currently a Green Day cover band by our buds uh, in town here. So American Dookie, no offense by Kurt's comment to you guys about the Green Day tribute band. He seriously did not know. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, also, uh, there was a merch comment in there. I talked about how you're doubling your merch money that you put back into your band and I said $10 when I meant to say $20. Guys, you know, it's, 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 it's straight up. It's ready to roll here. I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. And again, I hope I don't sound like a total douchebag. Uh, it's not intended. I'm just helping, helping out where I can, and hopefully people get some good advice from this. So uh, without further ado, let's hit it. Are we good? We're we rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling. Episode seven of the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. I still don't know why we're still on the air and they haven't canceled us. Mm. New sponsor came along today, Heineken. Yeah. Congrats, everybody. We yeah, got a sponsor. Thank you. It's you only go. a one episode sponsor deal. So they're gonna take they're gonna test this one out, see how it goes, right. and then maybe come back for more. So hopefully you guys are on your A game today. The Germans always come back for more, you know <laughs> yes, this. They do. Ooh, that was just. Well, this is, they're Bruton Holland, though. It's, yeah, so I mean, but it's close enough. Anybody, nobody else knew that but us. <laughs> Everybody's like, is it? Was that from Germany? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely That's benefit. Right. As always, I got AJ Venz, Wolfpack Productions. Yes. Running the knobs, being the man. Here I am. Making sure all the mic levels are nice. Yeah. I was just thinking, I can't do this without you. <laughs> I'd like to think that I can, that I can just be like, I can do this. I can't do it without you, man. Well, that's nice to hear. Thanks I'm, for gl- I'm glad I'm an important part of your, your life at this point. So. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> cool. Uh, we brought back for a second time, the first second time guest, Kurt Burgess from Slap and Tickle. Nice. It's like I'm the Steve Martin of the podcast. Kind of, I keep right? coming back. Yeah, yeah, you're like that guy that just, we need to bring him back. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't need to. You are but... the current highest rated podcast that we've had so far, as far as views, so. That's sad. But, and, like, and like, I'm assuming that's because you're listening to them all. Every, it's over it's over. all me. It's I make my kids listen. I'm like, hey. You guys got to listen to this episode again. We're trying to develop a bot that will just listen to my episode over <laughs> yeah. and over and okay, over again. Oh, KRNA band contest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want your allowance. You must listen. That's right. 
Uh, and then we got a first-time guest today, Ian Draves. Is that how you say your last name, that's Ian? Exactly. You nailed it. Right I just wanted to make sure because that's how I say it in my head, but I've never talked to you about it. I don't know how I feel about you saying my name in your head, but <laughs> I'm cool with it. Man. Ian Draves of Soul Sherpa. That's it. Are, yeah. Would you be the head person of Soul Sherpa? Because uh, I yes. believe we are the head people of our bands. Uh, yes, that's how I'd sure. like to believe it. That, that's what I'd like to believe, too. As long Define as head. <laughs> head, Define head. Define head person. Head person. Not just <laughs> most important, I guess. MVP. Okay, thank, uh, thank you for... <laughs> That the clear definition means that. different things in different parts of the town. It does. Right? <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got a nice mix of people here. We've got some strictly cover band people. We've got some almost strictly original band people. We've got people that have dove in different avenues of music. And uh, in case you haven't seen on the page, I, f I found this YouTube video of a guy that's basically um, describing what he makes being a musician and all the different avenues of money that he gets as a musician. And uh, I think that's a really important thing, because is it almost a taboo thing to talk about as a musician, to say, uh, you know, man, I make this amount of money per show. I mean, is that good or is that bad? I don't know. I think it's a reflection of corporate America. They don't want you talking. They don't want the employees talking. That's true. They really don't. So and it's like the venues don't necessarily yeah. want the bands talking about what they're I mean, making. Somebody right? that doesn't make what I make, uh, the bar's afraid they're going to, well, you pay slap and tickle this amount of money. They don't, right. want them, they don't want them to have that kind of leverage. I, I remember when I first started playing in a cover band, it was the most money I'd ever seen in my entire life. Because I went from original band world of making, I mean, either no dollars or like, hey, your entire band gets $60. That means each of you get 15 However, wow. you've got a bar tab. And also, we gotta, <laughs> we got to refund the gas you yeah. know, fund. Yeah. And, and so then all of a sudden, you get in a cover band. I think the, the first band I, I ever played with uh, was Josh Meisner Band. And I think we got paid like $400 a show. Three-piece, pay a little bit on sound, walk away with 100 Hundred bucks, hundred twenty bucks. I mean, that nice. was unreal. Yeah, absolutely unreal. But I, I, I never. So let's say that at first it was the most money ever. But then I do remember going, well, I can make more money. I'm, I'm becoming complacent with one hundred and twenty dollars. I should be making one hundred fifty dollars. I should be making two hundred dollars. Then you became a realtor, and then, so then you and made three hundred dollars. And then, <laughs> and then I, yeah. <laughs> but, but what, what was weird is so there's me and Kurt had a conversation about this. There's a meme floating around and you guys have seen it uh, i don't have it in front of me but we'll post it to the page it's that oh so you're gonna hire a band yep <laughs> oh so you think you're just paying for a band well actually what you're really paying for is lessons gear gas insurance <laughs> uh, travel to and from rehearsal space emotional scar babysitters and I used to I used to kind of buy into that. I used to be like, you're absolutely right. You need to pay us all this money because look at all this time we're putting into it. But maybe I'm just getting older, uh, but I totally am anti that. I am anti that meme in every possible way. And you can boo and hiss at me if you want. I'll, I'll just start the episode with this. I am anti that meme. Anti that meme. Do you? Okay. Well, and, and here's the thing. This is, this is, this is a privilege to play right. music, right? Like, not everyone can do it. You don't have to start a band. You don't have to go play a show. Like, it should be fun. And if you're making a little bit of money at it, that's pretty dope, right? Right. Absolutely. So, so am I, am I, is everyone in agreement that that means yeah. shit? Okay, we can go home now. Party's can we okay. go home now? No, I, I'm, I'm actually, 
I'm to an extent pro that meme as long as there's certain qualifications that are met first. Okay, okay. You can't Continue. just uh, you know form a you know. I'm hope I don't offend anybody here, but a, a Green Day band because you've been playing guitar for six months oh. and walk in and all of a sudden expect to get paid a thousand dollars a show because you took six months of lessons and you bought gear and all that stuff. It, it, you gotta develop yourself. Yeah, so you can't walk into Transamerica and go, "Hey, this is my first day on the job. Pay me what the CEO makes." Yes. Right? Yeah, That's a good point. I mean. For me, you know, I went to school for music. I and I hate saying that to people. It's like, oh, I'm classically trained. You, like, but you spent money. You spent more money than we have I, on I music. Spent money on it. So, I mean, you know, when I see that meme, to me, it means one of those things of like that. That is true. But I think doing any musical endeavor, especially if you want to get paid for it, you need to define your expectations from yeah. from from day one, like moment one, because it's like, for me, with Soul Sherpa. I played a ten-piece funk band, dude. <laughs> you do it well. You do it, you do it well. damn well. And you know, like, I'm, I, you know, I guess I'll be the first to break in some of the details of the money we make. But all the money we make goes right back into the band, and, and I can't applaud my the boys in my band enough because it's been three years and they haven't taken a pay cut. It's literally going right back in itself. To now, being an original band, is this because you're taking money and you're putting it back into recording albums and, and traveling to and from the show? And yes, it, it all goes within itself. So either recording, merchandise, gas money, that kind of stuff. I mean, it always goes in. I don't think anybody in the band has actually take like, here is a pay cut for you for your good job. Right. Like, it, didn't ha it doesn't happen that way. So like, But I knew that when I made the band that like, it's, there's going to be a lot of time where we're not going to be making no. a serious amount of profit off of this, at least individually. But Kurt, you've been in plenty of original bands back in the day. I mean, was that how it was for you? We never made any money yeah. doing original stuff. And we did it because we loved it at that True. point. Um, and, uh, you know, that was... I made that comment that pissed off the world about paying your dues. Remember that? Uh, please reiterate. That, for that's what I'm talking about. I don't remember who it was, but they freaked out about saying that's going to cause division or whatnot but that that's what this was it was you know we paid our dues we refined our craft we did what we did to get where we are now we didn't just walk in it it's like the current political climate yeah, right. either you're going to work and you're going to get to where you are or you're just going to expect everybody to i mean we talked about earlier about uh all the bands getting paid the same. I'm not gonna take a cut. <laughs> I don't think you are. And, and the and the venues are not going to raise the minimum the minimum no. band wage to. <laughs> no. But we we worked our asses off to get to where we are. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't just an overnight thing. Well, and even with the original band, I mean, I've been in a number of those, and we've made some money doing original stuff. Um, we certainly had some pretty decent gigs, but they weren't consistent like they are now. It's. I think what it sort of ends up being is that um, it's always been that line in the sand a little bit about uh, about original music is sort of done for you and the art of it, and then cover music is sort of like we just still want to play music and not put as much work into it. Yeah. But but then that's where the that's where the hatred comes from because oh you don't you're not putting any work or any love into this and you're making that much more money than an original band yeah. is. That's always been the thing. And I, I've gotten in this debate with so many people, and, you know, relatively to the scene, I am I would consider myself very new to the scene. I mean, Soul Shrub has been a band for three years, and I've played music with other stuff, but nothing, you know, as successful as that. But I, this, this debate of, like, oh, covers versus originals, and th they should be paid equally and everything. And it's, like, realistically, it's, it's anything that you go to a store to buy. Mm -hmm. You're providing a product. And at the end of the day, 
your product is going to either be successful or it's not, you know? So if you provide a good product, which is in our retrospect is a good show, then you will start getting paid more and yeah. people will start noticing you. But you can't be like, you can't release like a knockoff iPhone or something and be like, it's the best <laughs> new phone, dude. You Why are try 4 it. billion people not but, buying this right, phone? Right. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be $1,200. It's going to be $200 more than iPhones. And you sit there and wonder like, man, why is nobody buying my phone? Right. And it's like, nobody knows anything about it. You yeah. know, nobody, it, you could review it all day, but it doesn't matter until it starts getting in the hand. Well, then you've got Android guys also like me. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it, not every product is for everyone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the idea of a bidet, the thing that washes your ass, yeah. is a wonderful thing. Doesn't mean I'm going to go get one. No. I don't I've never even one. seen one. I'd, I mean, I just thought you've been in the pool, you have the jets go yeah. down the crack of the ass. Yeah. It seems <laughs> like a great thing <laughs> to have like in a the great house. great idea. Yeah, but I'm not going to go get Are one. Are you comparing Slap and Tickle to a bidet? Kind of. <laughs> okay, cool. I just want to make sure <laughs> I got that comparison. Yeah, yeah. But but in one way, so so the reason, again, why this conversation kind of came about is I think there are um, some newer bands out there maybe that are that are wishing that they maybe got paid a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, which is totally natural. I'm, I'm telling you the same thing. I've felt that before. But you got to almost take yourself out of here. If you were said band that, that wishes they got paid more money and you were in Nashville or L.A., you're not making any money i i I had a friend uh damon dotson he's a singer songwriter from northwest iowa he moved to nashville for a couple years to attempt to make it Mm -hmm. and i mean he's like dude you have to play for free in the hopes that maybe someone will walk in who the right person is and but yet there are it's a tuesday night and there are 37 other people doing the same thing at 37 Mm -hmm. other bars I mean, you almost have to put it into perspective there. Like, you're lucky enough to be making any money here in a scene than, than, you know, like Cedar Rapids compared to Nashville almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, Nashville Nashville and Cedar Rapids is, is, a, is an interesting comparison. Obviously, like Nashville is one of the music capitals of the yeah. world at this point, of course. But And then, like you're talking about, is the the saturation in a market like yes. that. And I think that there there's a little bit of that here, too. Yeah. I think there is in every music market. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, it, like Ian is saying, if your product is good, and you show people that, and then you bring it into background of what you said, Mike. Give it away for free a couple of times yeah. if you have to. Uh, if you're not getting your foot in the door, or you're you feel you're entitled to more money, well, show them that. Yeah. Show them how good your product is. Soul Strip it came out like guns a blazing <laughs> when they played like a couple of their first shows, and it's just like, oh my god, yeah. why are we not booking these guys? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, thank you. But yeah, yeah no, it's it, it's exactly it. You know, and I mean. And as for, again, going back to that original versus cover act, it, I mean, you can also, I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to treat it somewhat like a job. Mm-hmm. If you're getting paid to do something, it's a job. It's a, you're, it's a profession at that point. Regardless if you're playing covers, you play once a month, you play every weekend, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a profession because you're getting paid to do something at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, you can take that, that road of like, Oh, I can always go out and try to find a better job, but then you have to start from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you know get through your you know beginning days and everything like that. Or you can sit at McDonald's or wherever you're working, and you can work for a long time, and eventually you'll you know get promoted to assistant manager. Then you get promoted to manager. It's the same kind of thing around here. I mean, if you know, oops, um, if you <laughs> you know if you play enough shows where you're kind of you know, no offense, but like the piss on band, you know, but then you start playing in front of enough people and they realize that you're not the piss on, then you will get 
promoted to assistant piss on yeah. band. Like, you know, like, and then you, eventually headline piss on band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you're never going to be avoided by you know getting pissed on. That's just going to happen. But very rarely do people go from we started a band to we're generating X amount of dollars per right. show. You know, I mean, it's a generally put your dues in kind of thing. And I actually went as far as I didn't want to have people say this is what my band makes and this is what this band makes this was but i i uh, messaged about 15 20 people in town in many different styles of bands and i said hey privately let me know what what you guys are getting paid uh, for for shows um so i've compiled the data i think it's i think it's worthwhile to discuss i mean if you're just talking bar gigs and this is original or cover uh, the minimum kind of pay that most bands are getting is about 400 bucks that's that's like the the the, the the floor of what bands are getting paid for the most part in the Cedar Rapids area with the ceiling being maybe like about a thousand, you know, was that if, before or after sound? <laughs> no, this is just the bar giving you money. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? So you've got that. This is coming into you. Then you're figuring out what you're doing with it. And you know, you're upwards of maybe a thousand for certain bar gigs uh, that maybe there's even a cover charge being, being charged at this point, or it's a special event or something. And I mean, that's that's not a very broad number if you think about it. I mean, no. there there are some newer bands starting off getting paid four or five hundred bucks. There are those middle of the pack bands getting paid maybe six seven hundred, and then there are maybe the elite getting paid seven eight nine or a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was not surprised by those numbers at all. I mean, do do you, do you think you guys were? No, that sounds that sounds incredibly like right on the point. Yeah, and then, so then it just becomes a matter of how many people are in your band. How many other bands are on the bill? How much are you paying for sound? How much are you paying for lights? How much is your band tab? I mean, that that then is those are the variables that that gets gets changed. But then you're talking. I mean, I don't know too many bands that are doing private gigs a lot or weddings or things like that or corporate events. But in general, that dollar should almost double for oh, you. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it, it, at at a, at a bare minimum, if you're if you're normally charging five hundred bucks, you should be charging probably a thousand if not a little bit more, because again, we almost go back to the, the, the talk with kale on episode one, a venue like tailgaters that is not charging cover. That is only relying on beer sales or liquor sales. They can't just take you from $400 to $800 because they need to generate that income from patrons. Yeah. So if you don't have the product that backs up, people showing up and boozing really hard at a place like tailgaters or chrome horse or crl like you can't just warrant a pay increase because you've right. played four or five shows Absolutely. you know i even ta- i went as far as I-, I asked a couple of uh bar owners around here like what an average profit is off of a drink and, and a meal mm-hmm. and um you know from what i'm hearing you've got about maybe a three dollar profit on every drink wow. so let's yeah. say let's say you want to get paid eight hundred dollars at tailgaters you need two. You need to sell two hundred and sixty drinks, just to make that eight hundred dollars before the bar can then actually pay for their staff, pay for their utilities, pay for their, you know, make profit because they're there to make money. I mean that yep. that's intense. And same way too, if you're looking at a place like a like a Chrome that actually can serve meals, you know, let's say you're making ten dollars per meal um, on profit, you got to have fifty people come in eat a meal and buy two drinks a piece just to make $800. Yeah. Granted that that should sort of shows you the difference between a place like Kales and a place like Chrome where serving food can help generate a little more income, but yeah. that's something we always got to be cognizant of. Like if you're asking for a pay cre- increase, it's do you deserve it? 
are you making money for the venue? It is your product. Yeah, it's your product. Back, back to your product. Sensible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is going to open a can of worms here, but uh, there's, oh, two, yeah. there's two schools of thought with that, too. There's, uh, depending on what kind of band you are, some of the newer bands especially, I mean, they're, they work for the bar. But there's also that mindset that the bar is booking you. They're, you they work for you as well. So I, we run into that a lot. There's some places we play where we go in knowing that it's about making the bar money, but then there's places where we're there because the bar wants to book us there. Correct. I'm sure you guys have yeah. that too. So there's two different schools of thought there, and that throws a little extra. You just sort of need to know yeah. what your situation is. Mm-hmm. What, what, what can you offer a corporate event, a bar, a wedding, a private party? What are you offering strip to club. warrant strip club? Have you played a strip club before? About to. Really? About to, Can yeah. we announce that? Because I want to come. I'm still working on it. Okay. Well, be, well that'll it'll, be a whole other thing. In Des Moines. It'll Stay tuned Moines. to Kurt Burgess's Facebook page because <laughs> yeah. we're all going to be there. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so what, what can you, what can you uh, again, it goes back to this meme, guys. Mm-hmm. Like just because you're a musician in a band does not mean you automatically deserve all this money. I think a, a hard realization that you can you can really use, and I've, had, I've used this with Soul Sherpa before, is you have your shows where you do have a guarantee, you know, like mm-hmm. not not to throw any you know places under the bus or anything, but there's a couple bars in town that are like here in Iowa City that when we play we get a guarantee, and we like those shows because we know that like when we leave we're gonna be at least leaving with some cash to get into our gas tanks and stuff like that at the minimum, um, but a, a really good way of of kind of determining your 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 value in a certain way, uh, or the quality of your product is by, uh, you know. Especially if you're doing that Facebook marketing or you're doing some type of way of promoting your shows, put an equal amount of money and an equal amount of like, you know, push in two different types of events, like in the same ish area. One event being this is a cover charge. The only money you're going to make is for the people who walk in the door and pay five dollars, ten dollars, etc. to see you or and then do the same type, uh, same kind of thing on a show that gets you a guarantee. And then see which one you walk away with, you know, walk away with more money. Because realistically, like, you could put a ton of money into a show and everything, like marketing, and then if it's a cover, you could still walk away with 15 bucks in your hand if you're not lucky. And then you have to think to yourself, like, that's what you're selling to a venue, you know? You're selling that $15 cover that you made. Well, and Kurt, Kurt can actually attest to this because this just happened where mm-hmm. Kurt and Kale decided that at a, at a slap and tickle show that we were going to just flat out charge a $5 cover. Yep. Doesn't usually happen at, at tailgaters, but let's do it. We're going to do it. And and what were those results, man? We made more money, actually. You actually made more money and the bar made more money. Yeah, when I sat down and did the math, I figured we only needed a hundred and maybe 20 people to pay or 150 people to pay cover right to hit what our normal number would have been we so had more do the math that, so we, we got your normal number now we know what slap and yeah. table makes you just did the math everybody <laughs> <laughs> and that's just that place yeah that's actually the lowest place right. to get paid and you know kale and brett have never done us wrong so no we're always going to play there we we would always uh you know kale uh and and even chrome too have have treated us so well that we wish we could yeah. Go back and do some of those intimate bar venues, but it's just it just doesn't work logistically okay. anymore. But um, one one of the things too, I think that if you're th- if you're only thinking about what the bar is paying you, you're maybe thinking about this the wrong way. Like merchandise is so. I mean, if, if you're do if you're doing this right, let's say you're ordering t-shirts, and AJ, you can come in on this. Like, yeah. I'm going to order 300 t-shirts. 
at probably less than $10 a t-shirt, even for really good. I mean, and by the yep. way, that's another one. You should be getting good t-shirts. Don't yep. just buy 100% yes. cotton. Yep. Yes, yes, buy good, good material t-shirts because people will actually buy it. I'll but even then, the end of the end of the world, man. Even then, $10 maximum a shirt, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And quantities like that, absolutely. You have a good design and you're a good band. You're selling those for minimum $10 a shirt. Mm -hmm. You just doubled your investment by, by selling all those shirts. Mm -hmm. and, and not only that, when I when I when we went to go record in the studio and we made our album, um, the guy who was uh, uh, Luke Tweedy was doing all the recording. Luke stuff. Tweedy is the man. He is the man, uh, and he gave me some advice about that because we we did one release of shirts a while back and they, they were like Hanes Comfort Soft and those are nice T-shirts yeah. and everything and you can wear those a couple of times. But you know, there's I see a lot of a lot of bands, and no offense to anybody out there, that do like the Gildan. Yeah, Gildan Soft Style, and or something like, like that. You get two, three washes out mm -hmm. of those things, and they're dead. And the thing is, a shirt, realistically, yes, it's a way to make money, but it's also it's a walking billboard. Completely, it's a walking billboard. So if you have a shirt that's comfortable that people like to like, actually like to wear, not just like oh, I'm going to wear it to their show so they notice me, or you know anything like that, <laughs> like they actually like You've to done wear that. it, then you know. Then you know you're it's huge. Doing something right. You're you're, you're doing both. You're at, you're yeah. making money and you're promoting your band. And then exactly. let's not even talk about koozies. Do you have koozies? We do not have. Koozies. You have to. They you can buy five hundred koozies for a dollar a piece. Yes. Yeah. Five hundred dollars puts five hundred koozies in your hand. People do not bat an eye at paying five dollars for a shitty koozie. Nope. True. Do you do do the math on that? I mean that is that is two thousand dollars profit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone, you will sell at least 10 or 20 a show. So if you're worried about making that money, buy some merch, invest into it, save some money from yeah. a couple shows, throw it back in there. And now you not only made your five, 600 bucks from the show, but you've got another $200 to divide among band members if you don't want to pop it back into the into the merch till. Absolutely. You know? I mean, 100%. merch merch is just absolutely the way to go for any band that's that's wondering why they might not be making more money at what they're doing. It's like, well, if you actually have a good crowd and you feel like, well, you're entitled to more, but you're not going to get from the venue, then like you say, invest in the merch. Yeah. Like it doesn't take much. Set it aside from one show that you're making what we're talking about at, at this point in time. Set that aside. Put that into a for merch one order. A, one merch order. And then you, you like you say, uh, the way you can get away, you get away with that, you will almost triple what you spend on it. You put all that, what you made right back into the shirts, make another order of shirts. So you've already got that covered. And then you have so much more it money to invest into other things. Keeps multiplying. Bands can create their own lines of shirts. Yeah. That, like... People will buy your shirts. People will buy your koozies. They totally will. If they're there to support you. Especially even if they hate you, they're like, well, I'll at least buy a koozie or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they will. Well, and then, I mean, you know, this is a podcast about kind of, you know, getting the corridor together in a certain sense. And, and the thing is, you can always reach out. There's a lot of people out there who do fantastic graphic design work. Completely. So you oh, can just yeah. get this awesome stuff and put it and be like, that's my band. And then obviously you give credit to the people where the credit's yeah. due. But then yeah. you're just like, you know that that's my band that's what i you know and so that image like our band uses the yeti yeah and i see people i have no idea who they are and they're wearing, wearing the it. yeti shirt i'm just like what's up <laughs> like, they're like who are you yeah i actually i got recognized at target that's a whole different oh, story. Yeah. oh yeah it happens the first time of your day and it was really funny it but, is a strange feeling uh, it is a really strange <laughs> feeling um kurt actually doesn't get recognized though because he doesn't have his wig on. I'm the only spandex. one in the band that actually does. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I don't wear sunglasses. Right, that's true. That's I, true. I get a lot of weird looks for at first though. Oh, you believe how many people don't know that I don't wear that yeah, the wigs that on that's, my real yeah. hair? 
but yeah, we're, we're talking about numbers, right? And and, and I this uh, I'll get a little bit in depth, I guess, with how much money we made and everything. But like we, we did our album release show back in March, right? And we were obviously expecting a big volume of people for this because it's you know kind of an achievement. It's a big deal, for us, you've been, and, and you've been pushing it for a yeah, long time. Yeah, we've been pushing it for a while. Now we didn't get any guarantee from the mill. We didn't ask for one. We were like, we'll just do a door cover and everything. And I think they were charging eight bucks a head. You trusted in your product. Yeah. And they, they charge eight, eight bucks a head. We had a line of people, not only out the venue door, but out the front door too, yep. uh, waiting for us. And uh, <laughs> He um, hates that wall. I, I tear these walls down. <laughs> um, but we, I think at the end of the night, after we paid the opening band for us and everything like that, I think we did right around like 900 to like $1,100 in sale. Like in, that's in after stores. the mill takes a cut. That's yes. after sounds paid. That's after, after opening everything. man's paid. Yeah. Everything. So, I mean, if you're thinking about, if you think about it realistically, you're probably sitting at about like what, 13, 1400, something like yeah. that as a full. So to us, it looked like we sold probably about two, 250 people in that small Huge. place. It was awesome. Huge. Now, the thing is, we sold, we that was the first night we brought out all of our merch. We've never done merch before as a band. This was a big step for us. And we used our merch and we sold over $1300 in merch. 1300. $1300 wow. and we still have a crap ton of it left. So You you've essentially paid it off now. We, and yeah, now we it's paid profit. off our entire merch now investment. Now it's profit. And right. now it's just straight profit from there and we have plenty of yeah. gear left. That's huge. Nice. There's a lot to be said about that on multi levels. One charging a cover and believing in your product like you guys both did that recently and that is huge that's huge and then and then having the merch to back it up because people are there they're having a great time they want to spend more money i've walked out of so many shows with t-shirts that i'll never wear yeah, yeah. like just, i mean think about how many times you've done that uh cory from the pork tornadoes walked into a show once with me and it was one of his favorite bands granted but he goes one of everything that's what he said wow and and they're like really, and they just go burp, 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 and five shirts, two LPs, a CD, koozie, and a poster. Like yeah. here you go, that'll be five thousand dollars. And <laughs> here you go, love this band so much. You know, I mean, <laughs> merchandise is be, touring. Huge bands don't make anything off of music sales. Right, right. They, they make zero dollars from their music. So where do they make their money? Merch ticket sales i mean that is why they go on tour and sell so much yeah being a band at this point is way more about being a brand it's a branding game more than anything oh, yeah. uh and that's that's what i believe and i i mean i think it's pretty obvious just from what you're saying right there i mean it's a branding game more than it is like your music is a wonderful product that gets them in the door and then as long as it's a good product like you say and then if you they're there to buy your stuff you know what i mean it's great so. and, absolutely and i got some more stats too um so just talk to a couple solo musicians. Now, solo musicians in this town in general are making anywhere from two to $300 a show, and that's just showing up, speaker on a stick, guitar, maybe a couple lights playing a show. Um, and I think you can see that, that like solo musicians are, are kind of hitting the peak of most money made. Yeah. Then you add, then you get into maybe a duo. You're still making pretty good. The more people you have in your band, the less that that... It doesn't automatically equal, hey, every band member gets paid $200, like, because Soul Server is going to show up. <laughs> They're like, well, that's $2,000. We <laughs> can't do that. But, but, but again, so any of you uh, acoustic solo musicians out there, I mean, I know a couple people like Les, who's been on the show. Les does the full band gigs, but he also does the solo musician gigs because it's just a quick, easy way to just get out, play some music, make a little cash. Yeah. Make that money. And you know, and, and I know that this doesn't apply to a lot of people, but 
there are um, you know online streaming and YouTube uh, monetization and things like that. I mean, that's going to be a whole nother level of stuff. But there are there are a lot of different avenues to to make money. You know, like if you get your stuff on like CD Baby, that that I know that pushes it to a lot of different streaming audiences. Um, you know, that's mostly for original music, but for cover bands. Dude, YouTube is legit. YouTube. YouTube is legit. And I will I'll I'll straight up tell you um we got um Tennessee whiskey video uh, our we put out just somehow just went whoop, and just went to the top. It's the number 13th highest viewed Tennessee whiskey cover of all time on YouTube, Jeez, wow. which is insane. 600,000 views yeah. from just a video that we go here, whatever studio quality, let's put it out. It's kind of a cool song, <laughs> but that um, once we figured out the monetization level of that, um, I mean, we're making $250 a month on YouTube right now, which is by no means are you going to live off of that, but that's 350,000, maybe watch time minutes per month mm -hmm. equals about 250 bucks. It's Granted, nice. that's a lot, but if you keep building your page and you keep putting products out there, like maybe ten bucks a month, maybe twenty bucks a month. I mean, it you you've got to explore all avenues. And I I kicked myself because I was like, oh, YouTube's dumb. We're never gonna make money off that. And then when we finally did, I'm like, okay, <laughs> we could have totally because I think we've only made money off of about four hundred thousand of those views. So there was another two hundred thousand that we missed off on. But um, wow. But yeah, there's there's so many different ways to be um, getting your money. I know there's you know like for musicians that can do studio time, you know like there people are gunning for hired gun musicians to come into the studio, lay down five songs on guitar, come in, lay down some drum tracks. I mean, have you ever done anything like that, Ian? Before done, I've done a little bit of that. Um, I, I do a lot more of the stuff that I do when it comes to like hired gun stuff is I'll play shows with people or I'll do. Like theater productions, I work at. I, I do a couple of productions, at least one or two a year at, at Theater Cedar Rapids, um, and stuff like that. Where you know I just come in and read down a book, or if a person's got you know I've done a couple sessions with people in the past where yeah, it's like here, here's a rough recording of what I want done. If you can play it on it or whatever and knock it out, yeah. But it is very time sensitive. If you're getting a studio spot, it's like. You got 45 minutes to come down, and if you mess up once, we're going to call somebody else. Completely. Like, yeah. It's a competitive field. Like, yeah. you have to be, and that's, like... But you can you can get paid well for that, though. No, absolutely. And that's kind of where that whole schooled musician kind of thing comes in, is, is to a certain degree, like, you can learn everything you want about music at home, on the internet, playing with friends, whatever. That That is totally easy to do as long as you have a good motivation, and that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But the, the type of stuff that you learn when you go into school and stuff, you know, to, to, with music is you learn how to do those kind of things. You know, you learn how to show up, look at a sheet of music one time and play that, you know, and that, that's, that's the kind of skills you build from that. And it's a completely different skill set versus being in a band. And I can tell you from doing that from since I was in sixth grade all the way up to, you know, three years, four years in college, I can tell you that like... It's not for everybody. It's, it's a well, it's a completely different. It's a completely it totally different is. world yeah. than being in a local band. Because when I started Soulshare, but I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, I know how to play the bass somewhat adequately. Like, let me start a band, somewhat and then, yeah. and then like, you know, and then you you put your first show, and like five people are there. You're like, but my mom always came to my my jazz. Band Why did she come to this one? Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it is. But I make, I definitely make far more money from doing those kind of things. Yep. 
than I do from playing with Soul Sherpa or even playing in a, like another like in a cover band or anything like. That. But but you nailed it though because it's not just you can't just just because you play drums you can't just be a studio musician. It's a yeah, it's completely different. And, and you've got to you've got to be in tight with somebody like Luke Tweedy calls me up once every three four months and says this is the perfect project for you. Come down, spend eight hours. They'll pay you this amount, and, which is generally like fifty bucks a song or or hundred. Mm-hmm. Hundred bucks for a half day or something, you know. I mean, it's it's just an agreed upon amount that just here, come down, do this. You're gonna nail it. You're good. Done. Yeah, it, with you know, on regards to that too, uh, you know, you don't even have to necessarily strive to be the best musician you can be or like be the next heavy chop player. But you, you gotta have to be, be what they want. You, to you be. gotta, you gotta. That, no emotion. Another... Take the emotion out of this. this. Isn't your song? No. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole other aspect to touch on. Is like how to establish your own voice in the music. World. True. You know, like everybody's got their own voice. I mean, there's a there's a reason why you know people go see, you know, um, the Pork Tornadoes or Slap and Tickle. I mean, you guys have a voice. And you're good at that voice. That's your show, and then that's your nit niche or whatever, and people will come to see that. Right. And so, like you said, if if Luke will give you a call or something, he's gonna be like, "Hey, you're gonna sound good on this. I know you're gonna sound good on this. Come in." And do it. It's he's not gonna call me up for a jazz album because I don't know how to play jazz. Yeah, he's not I don't gonna, know how to read music. He's so not gonna call me up for a hardcore metal album. Right. It's, it's not, not gonna happen. <laughs> but he'll uh, call he'll call Kurt up for that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and then like versus like playing for TCR or something like that, like uh, Theater Cedar Rapids, or playing like I did. Uh, Amy Stoner's cabaret yeah. show a yeah. while back. Those those shows, I'm not gonna like throw out their money because I don't want I don't want them to you know listen to this and go you know, like you son of a you know. <laughs> but like I get paid. Th- that those are the kind of sessions where you get paid for your time. It yeah. is an hourly working True. kind of thing. Yep. Like if I'm sessioned to play, let's just say four weekends and a week long of rehearsals with TCR, I'm getting paid almost by an hour amount or a day amount where it's like you're getting paid this much a day for this much time. And that's how it is. Versus when you play in a you know local band, it's whatever. Like you have three hours, you have to pay a sound guy, you have all this other stuff you got to do, and then you get three hundred dollars, which you have to split between your sound guy and. You well, know. that brings up an interesting point, though, and Kurt will probably attest to this that we always joke when we're talking with corporate people that paid us to come out or whatever. We always joke that we play for free. You're paying us for the time showing up setting up and the time tearing down like that that's the shit of it and that's what it's worth to us for us to do those things Mm -hmm. otherwise we're just going to sit on our couch because it's not worth that time spent i mean it's a terrible thing but these guys uh sean and aj have seen it we're like a we're like a two-hour setup with an hour sound check. I mean, it is terrible. That is a lot of time to spend. Uh, and that's why we charge what we charge, because like we can't get around that, and that's what we're going to charge, and that's what we're going to spend. But, Kurt, I got a question for you. Yes. Um, I took the time today to kind of revisit and go back in time and think about the pork tornadoes evolution of of like what payment was yeah i mean can, can you maybe take us through that on slap and tickle like maybe go back to the early days to when you started transitioning from different payment amounts yeah yeah i know when we started originally there were five of us we were lucky in that we our bass player was also our sound guy so we ran sound from the stage um so we didn't have to worry about paying Did he sound. take an extra cut or anything no, no. he's just like nobody oh, wow. no i mean with us and with our current sound guy we still do all the load in we still help set up. We run cables. That's why our sound guy gives us the sweet, sweet deal that he does <laughs> now. Guy. He's just basically a part of the band. And, and our original bass player, he did the same thing too, but we had to help him with right. everything. So it wasn't... I see... I feel bad for sound guys now because the band just gets the hell out of there. Hell yeah, we do. And they're stuck. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, so 
like you were saying, a couple hours of setup. Same with us. Yeah. You know, and it's always been that way. It's always been a couple hours. Because it's like you're having fun and you're just yeah. fucking around. And, and then I, I remember in the very beginning days when we started playing out, we, we reached out to places like the Chrome Horse and all these other places, and we were new. They didn't yeah. know. About uh, eight years ago, right? You said about, roughly? About nine. Yeah. We're nine. on nine now. And I, I know the uh, first place that booked us was Gilligan's of all places. <laughs> there you go. Gilligan's. And they were like, you know, we, we went in, we booked the show, I think, for like 200 bucks. Which, you know, we don't have a sound guy, so we're all pocketing 50, 60 bucks totally. or whatever. Um, which was cool because it was still more than what we had made with, yeah. with our original bands before. And then, uh, you know, I remember we other play, bigger places would pick us up. Red Baron booked us, and Patrick, he still gets a lot of crap for this to this day, but he's like, I'm only going to give you $300. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to regret it. <laughs> So we, we played our show there, and as soon as it was over, he's just shaking his head going, I feel like such an idiot. And then from there, it just went up. Yeah, right. But I mean, in the beginning, I mean, for the first year, we were booking for around two to 300 bucks. Yep. Um, and then it, you know, dramatically jumped from there. Once we got into the Chrome Horse. Um, like the old one, you mean? Like yeah. on the, the original one at Third Street Live? Yeah. Once we got in there, I mean, we went in there knowing, you know, we had a pretty decent following. But, you know, realistically, I'm like... We're still going to go in there and kind of go low and then go up from there. So we'd always start off at like five. Yeah. And uh, show them a couple good nights. Yeah. Because it's all about, for me, it's all about being consistent. Mm -hmm. You can have one great night anywhere, but then all of a sudden your next night might suck. Yeah. And you might not get asked back. So for us, it was about building that trust, building that, you know, that thing. And, and we've never had a problem. We've had a couple of nights that weren't as good as some of our better nights, but uh, those places have never batted an eye because right. we've never screwed them You've over. You've always done them well and, yeah, and always brought the crowd and brought yeah. the alcohol sales. and Yeah, we've always done our part in advertising and, right. and all that other stuff. And So it, it's, it's you bring that up, it's really weird looking back at yeah. the old Gilligan's thing. And I feel bad because Gilligan's wanted to book us again. And yeah. it's like, eh, can't do it. <laughs> you, you just can't. I mean, <laughs> no. I, it's Again, just, I would love to go back to some other places, but it just it just can't happen at a yeah. certain point, you know? Yeah, and now it's like we're at a point where we've kind of plateaued with some of these places, and, uh, you know, we kind of want to ask for more money, but think about us, and it's with you guys, too. This isn't our job. We've, true, we've totally got true. careers. We own our own companies. Yep. So maybe the money's not totally the priority for us, um, but... That being said, I want to get paid. You still too. want to get paid what yeah. you're worth. You need to be absolutely. Compensated for your time, yeah, and absolutely, energy and all that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, going all the way back to a product. I mean, if you've created this product, like Apple iPhone keeps raising their prices because yeah. people want them. Like they could just stay. Oh, we're just going to stay at about two hundred bucks a phone. Like they could wow. dominate the market and never mm -hmm. make enough phones. But it's business ultimately, yeah. you know. And by and by cutting back the number of times we're in, we're getting 100%. out of town a lot more now. Hundred percent, man. Um, and that was another thing that was really weird. We go from being one of the biggest bands in Cedar Rapids to going to Bettendorf. And like, who the hell are you? It, it's, yep. it's kind we'll of give you three hundred dollars. Right? Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Build it up. Car, that's right? something we're dealing with right now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, you might have a great poll in Iowa City or Cedar Rapids, but Let's nobody knows you down here. Let's you see know? how exactly. Bozeman, Montana goes. Good right. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I looked back on it, too. So when, when the Pork Tornadoes were first a band, uh, we played at the Hub in Cedar Falls, mm -hmm. which was one of the best live music clubs yeah. in, in the state. Uh, but we were, we, were make, we were playing there twice a, twice a month as the house band, bringing some of the bigger crowds, uh, all the drunken friends showing up, making $400, 
you know, like, and then paying bar tabs, which were very hefty at that time. (laughs) So you you go from the, hey, this is the best thing ever. We're making $75 a piece to, I don't know if something just sort of changes and you just start to get complacent with that number, maybe, uh, to where when we finally broke into Cedar Rapids, it was impossible to get shows in Cedar Rapids for us. And I think we were starting off around 400, 500 bucks. But then we would continue to show, like Kurt said, that look at these people that are going to keep coming out every show that we play here and keep spending booze money, you know, uh, to where then it went from 500 to 600. And then I think we were capping out at maybe like 700, 800, I think, at Chrome Horse, uh, the old Chrome Horse, the Third Street Live. And then for us, I mean, you almost have to look for that moment in time where you can transcend to the next level yeah and for us it was we finally begged and pleaded to be on an uptown friday night's lineup and it was the first year of the mcgrath amphitheater we got on that they're like here's our shittiest day of the, of the thing Figure, <laughs> yeah. good luck the band name <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> and same thing that solon and like two weeks later solon beef days was like yeah we'll give you a couple hundred bucks good yeah. luck at that and uh, we just destroyed both of those shows. I mean, mm-hmm. it was that perfect storm of beautiful weather and people just happened to be there. Yeah. And it was from that moment on that we said, okay, cool, we can take this to the next level. And, you know, then it got to the point where we tried to book a couple bar shows. Um, we played like the new Chrome Horse on Blair's Ferry twice to where there was a line out the door. Um, in the middle of winter, you know, that's impressive. Yeah, five hundred something <laughs> people in that thing, and people were just like, "Don't care, I'm gonna get in and see the band." And I think dumb we, band name. yeah, <laughs> dumb, <laughs> dumb band names, stupid people. I'm gonna go see them because my girlfriend's in there. And, and hey, man, a lot of people's girlfriends. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't Chris out there. But but I think I think we talked him into a thousand that that first night, and then I think we talked him even into fifteen hundred the the second time, and they were both just record bar sales record yeah. amount of people and at that point you know we we knew what we had and we knew that we could continue on a, on an upward trajectory so but everybody put in their time i mean this was like six five to six years of being a band before anything took off yeah. and i mean now uh we we put on our own shows that is the next step for bands is you don't you don't deal with a bar. You put on your own show. Mm-hmm. We just uh, put on our own show at McElroy Auditorium in Waterloo oh, on Saturday. You know, um, brought our in our own sound crew, own stage, own lights, hired security, hired everything, hired the opening mans, and we made ten thousand dollars as a band. You know, with fifteen hundred in ticket sales. You know, so I mean, like yeah. that's how you you can't expect to keep going upwards if we're just still in the bars. You know, you've yeah. got to do your own events. But you can't just do your own events. You know, you have to build that that repertoire up and that fan base. And it, There's steps to that process. That it's been would, 10 years. That was our 10-year yeah. anniversary yeah. show. You know, like, yeah. that, it doesn't just happen. You don't just start a band and, and have it happen. You just got to right. keep going. Yeah. You're you giving me a lot of high hopes right now just because it's funny enough that you bring this up. So we've been a band for three years, and we just released our first album. And then now this summer we're getting, we, you know, we're playing for Camp Euphoria. We're we're sharing the the ticket yep. with you guys at New so, Falls. So is this guy, and yeah, so it's gonna be a great you know, show. And, yeah, it is. It, like I said, and, like we have, we're also playing like the yeah, you had the another beer, the yep. beer festival. Uh, we're gonna be playing. I think we just locked it in today. I think we're playing for the Gray Area Music Festival. Nice. That I'm gonna be that. there too. Yeah, I'm playing so, with Will Whitmore that day. This wow. this summer for us is getting really big, and it's it, like you said, it's it's about like. You Take know, progressing, 
progressing to the next plateau. And you couldn't be you couldn't be like anywhere closer to it because we started from playing, you know, you may get fifty bucks. You may get 150 bucks. So you put on your own record release show, and you guys made $2,600 or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, you know, obviously a lot of it is, you know, hard work and perseverance and everything. But I think it really, again, kind of goes down to the core thing of what I brought up at, at the first, you know, of all this is saying you have to define your expectations. Mm-hmm. And being like, okay, do I want this band to be something that's going to be fun? Or do I want it to be a profit-making band? Or do I want both? And if you, depending on what route you choose, like if you want it to be a fun band, you don't care about money. If you want it to be a profit-making band, you don't necessarily care about fun. That gets dangerous. And then mm-hmm. obviously the middle is like, I want to have a good time, but I want to get you know compensated for my efforts. Yeah. I would say that's probably where where both of our bands are at right now is is just that middle ground, like yeah. compensation plus having the best time ever. Yeah, and it's it's really scary. You know, you'll see you know, and there's. Not to say there's anything wrong with getting upset with what you're getting paid or anything like that. Obviously, everybody wants to get paid more. Like, everybody wants it, you know. It's America, man. And then capitalism. Let's go, you know. Um, but, you know. <laughs> yeah! He was um, doing a punching motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, again, what your product is and if you're providing a good product and, and are people going to buy it. So you have to define what you're, you want your product to be. Yep. And... I it scares me when I see people you know who are just starting these bands or something like that and they're already starting to complain about like we don't make enough money and it's just like yeah man if if you wanted to make money then what are you doing making a band yeah like <laughs> that's true. that's actually it's sort of like having <laughs> a a super popular band that gets famous is like winning the lottery because yeah. everyone has a band and it's never going to happen. You know, like making it is never going to happen. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, again, it's like if your goal is like, I'm going to make a band to make money, re- yeah, re- redefine your goal. stop right there. Redefine your just goal. Just stop right there. I thought it was always to get chicks. That's what it should That's always be. That's what it was be. in the 70s. I'm yeah. a bass player, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It ain't never happening. AJ, you understand my pain. You feel well, me a little bit. Yeah. Well, never mind. You have a girlfriend. So, uh. Well, you know, I, I downgraded to the bass after playing guitar for years, and, well, it's just never been the it's same. Sorry. We'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we'll talk about it. <laughs> you never know. Get Corey Talbot should give you guys all hope. He is the uh, he is the chick magnet of yeah. the Pork Tornadoes. So. That's right. Is it maybe because he's the only one who doesn't have a it's beard? correct. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he's the only one without a beard, and he's the only one that's not that's married or not with a girl. I find so. that <laughs> very He calls it trickle-down banging is what he calls <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey. <laughs> I find that counterintuitive. Yes, I know. Bit, it's it's a strange thing. He's got game, though. But like even like off of what you were saying, like Kurt, me and Kurt uh, have only like personally known each other for maybe you know six months, nine months. But we, I had the talk with Kurt to I, I recognized where they were at. Yeah. I was like, you are at this level that we were three years ago, where like if you make the right choices, you can go up. You're mm-hmm. you're hitting this glass ceiling where you're not going to go any further unless you push it. And I hope that yeah. that's kind of what this group is all about. Yeah. Is like helping these bands like it's never been a competition like we should all be we all shouldn't make the same amount of money but we should all be helping the other bands go do this do this and then you're going to be up to this level and then keep going and and slap and tickle is the same way they they literally 
I've seen them just since in the last year. You guys have, and sort of like you were saying, you're just you're hitting that momentum swing, and you're taking it for granted. And you're you're not taking it for granted. You're <laughs> you're you're taking well, it for a ride. You're yeah. taking it for the ride, and and you're doing the right things. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. and and yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because you know, I mean, I obviously I've come to you a couple of times. And I ask you for advice about certain things, like, hey, how would you approach this or whatever? And the funny thing is, like, I've been doing that now for three years. With Soul Sherpa, and just now, like a couple, this is people the last are couple to you, months, right? people start coming to me and, and like, dude, how are you doing this? And I'm just like, I'm gonna make a book and sell it to you. Well, so no, make some money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. But but you're you're on the right path. You should be. Uh, the reason I even wanted to start this thing in the first place is because I thought ten years ago, had there been some very successful band in the area that was just like, hey, I want to tell you guys all this cool advice I have, that would have been the coolest thing ever. So like I hope it doesn't sound like I'm this asshole who's like oh I know all the stuff I made ten thousand dollars not I didn't personally make ten thousand dollars but <laughs> but I like I want to suggest things that will maybe help continue to grow the you scene. You are the Anthony make... Robbins of the music scene around here. Wow, really? <laughs> Anthony yes. Robbins of the Cedar walk, Rabbids music. We're gonna scene. go walk on fire as soon as we're done. <laughs> cool. Here. Well, that sounds really fun. And, and that's and the I think that's a, a good point to kind of bring up too is is not necessarily there there comes you know I think partially with being in in school for music and everything is that you start to be surrounded by people who can just outplay you no matter what you do. And I remember actually always going to be a better band or a better music. I remember this is a, the first Thanksgiving I ever had with my family after I decided to major in music when I went to school was a very interesting conversation with my family because all my family are like blue collar working farms, yep. working a factory kind of people, and they're like, "So, what's it like, you know, majoring in art and music?" Art's huh? more like farts, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, it's the goal is to be the best, knowing that you're never going to be the best because there's always going to be yep. a five year five year old kid somewhere out in YouTube totally. who can yeah. play you under the table, and you have nothing you Sorry, can do about sir. it. You'll never be the best. Right. Who's but, that fourteen year old girl on YouTube that yeah. I don't ever want to play guitar after I watch yeah. her? And disgusting. That, just fourteen year old girl. Yeah. No big deal. So you gotta take that kind of you gotta take that and, and realize that like you don't have like my the biggest thing that I try to like work with my band, and not to say they have problems with this at all, and I think we do a pretty decent job at it, is not letting the ego get in the way. Yep. That's, that, that's where, yeah. where pay comes is it kind of comes from an ego kind of boost of saying like, oh, my band is this good. I can do this good. So you need to pay me this much. No. Horse crap. It doesn't, yeah. it, that doesn't exist. It like, doesn't always translate that way. Yeah. Cause there's always going to be a better band than you, you know, like yeah. it's just gonna, you, you're not the best and that's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, regardless of how hard you work, you want to be good. And you want to put on a good show. Well, and Kurt can probably attest to this, too. I mean, like, the more money you tend to make as a band, the more money that needs to be spent. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, oh, like yeah. our, our show, I went back. So um, we made $34,000 on ticket sales at the Paramount. Wow. Like, oh, yeah, cool, profit. No, not even close. It cost, it cost like, $24,000 to put on that show. Yeah. You know, and, and then the risk involved in just... Deciding you're going to put on that show automatically puts you in your hole. Just because you don't sell tickets doesn't mean they're going to be like, "That's fine, don't pay us back." I mean, they need that twenty four thousand dollars. You I mean, know, you, you you go talking about well, we're at the point. Well, now we put on our own shows. Well, you put on your own shows. Now you've assumed the the risk of the promoter yeah. side. The promoter is the biggest gambler of all of them totally. because he's putting on that show. And sure, hope like, people show up. Cool, I just put myself twenty thousand dollars in the hole. I hope I can sell these tickets. 
that's exactly, and that's exactly how, what and it then, is, man. And then you, you got to reinvest in yourself. You can't just still hit a certain level and go, cool, we've made it. Yeah. You've never made it. You've got to keep going. You've yeah. got to... How many times different shows we've spent over $2,000 on just to have some guy show up for video and then also record audio and then edit stuff for us. And we're, we're hired, we have crew now because I just hired a drum tech for the entire rest of the year because I just don't have the time to set up and tear down drums and be there to help stuff. So yeah, yeah I made X amount of money, but now I'm paying more money to people. So yep. it's, it's never, it's never going to be just this, oh, wow, I'm rich. I can quit my job. It's There's something to be said about that, too. You're not just getting paid in money. You're getting time now, too. Yeah. You're getting paid and getting some of your time back so you can enjoy some of it, exactly. too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mike, I've seen you at your shows. We've, I've, you know, Sean and I have been to a couple of the shows with you and everything, and we do. We watch, and you're setting up drums. You're asking, you're answering like a hundred questions throughout the day, yeah. and I can only imagine. So yeah, it just makes sense. It's and like, I don't, I don't take a cut for any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just we've we've talked do about you. this a couple times that <laughs> we, as a band, one of the things you guys can decide to do. Anybody out there listening, divide up the chores of the band. Yeah. Don't 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 create that animosity of like oh, I do all this stuff, but no one does anything else up. I mean, we have divided duties to where we all do extra things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my workload is way more than someone else, and sometimes their workload's more than mine. Yeah. It's an even cut. Nobody gets paid for that. It's just we all are doing even work. So you should you should consider that too. And one of the things that I was gonna bring up too was that like look when you're trying to figure out what you're worth, look at your contemporaries. Like what who is a very similar band to you who is doing very similar things and how much more people are they bringing to bars or venues than, than you are? You know, as we started to get to the next level, we were looking at bands like Arch Allies or Hairball and things like this and going, okay, they're here, way up here. We're, we're getting there, but and then we'd find out how much they would charge. You know, um, Arch Allies from Minnesota, they're like a journey band. You know, they're all in. They've got staging, lights, sound production crew a venue uh, a venue calls them up or a festival calls them up and they say they say we want you how much is it and they go don't worry about a thing we will show up twenty thousand dollars don't we're good we've got everything and so we're looking at that going well that's the next step we need all sound all production all lights we want to be an all-in moment where we just go this is how much it costs mm -hmm. now they're here so are we fifteen thousand dollars you know Hairball is $30,000. Are we $20,000 or are we close to them? I mean, look at look at the other bands out there and find out what they're find out what they're they're making. Yeah. And and decide where you fit in in that level, you know? Doing that also gives you a ton of control. Like getting to that level I I, I can only imagine gives you way more control totally. in what's happening instead of relying and hoping that their sound guys yeah. gonna have it what you need or their security is up to snuff or whatever's going on like having all that built in just gives you so much more control on what you're doing and we talked to that's that was our first conversation me and kurt had was i was like kurt you guys are are at this level i see where you're at you're you're drawing huge crowds what are you making and he would he i think you told me like what you made at uptown friday nights i was like dude yeah dude was, you need to make more than that because this is what we made yeah that year in particular you guys were the biggest draw. We were the second yeah. biggest draw. And, and there, there was were people a big that made difference more than in us. money there, but <laughs> Yeah. There were people that made more than us. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it. We were, it's not like they were looking to give us more. Contract's a contract. And, oh, totally. 
And I'm you'll sure honor it. You're not going to show yeah. up and be like, we need more money because more people showed up. Yeah, no. A lot of what we did helped save some of the loss that they had from some of the other bands that they had. True, a lot of it was probably, there was a lot of shitty weather that year. There was, last year was a bad <laughs> was year terrible. for Uptown. Yeah. It yeah. really was. Yeah. But, uh, bad names. I know you guys, we, <laughs> I, we had to beg Uptown, I don't know how many years. And then finally we just stopped. Just and then once we started playing the Chrome horse and going yep. head to head with them, then they yep. were like, we'll come play Uptown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't give up. Like keep I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times we have we begged and pleaded for Uptown, like four years in a row, and nobody would say anything. And we we begged and pleaded for a bar in Okaboji to hire us and nobody would do it. And like just keep at it. Keep it keep at your craft because guess what happened in all these places? You know, Cedar Rapids, we couldn't get anybody to hire us. All of a sudden somebody takes a chance on you, you then perform. Yeah, and put on what you got and show that your product is worth it. Then everyone will come calling, and you can do the, mm, nah, sorry, thanks, but I'm loyal to these guys, which yeah. is how we've always operated. The first person that took a chance on us, we said you're our yep. you're our go to. You will always have first dibs at us. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's all about loyalty sometimes when it comes to that. Yeah, loyalty equals relationships. Man. Totally does. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's possible to just keep this conversation under under an hour because it's just not it's right at an hour oh is it wow right <laughs> right at an hour. I, I know that i know i can i know what an hour is i can feel it in my bones but yeah it's all that drumming right it's BPM, drumming yes right? bpms i know how many bpms were in this entire show <laughs> i'm a metronome but i i think we should all have some final final um words here like i I don't, again, I, I don't want to come out. I know there are a lot of people that maybe think this conversation shouldn't even be had, that it's sort of a secretive kind of community of like, listen, we make this much and we don't want anyone to know how much we make. And that's totally fine. I mean, I, I get that. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm more in the transparency boat. I, I will gladly tell anybody what we get paid for what gig, but I will also be the first to say that you don't deserve X amount of dollars unless you're worth it. Like, yeah. this is not a union. This is not we all get paid the same because it's not that way. We're not all worth that. And at, at a time, we were not worth shit. And, and we just worked our asses off and tried to create a product that made it worth money. And then we made the right decisions and kept moving forward. So I think anybody out there that's struggling with what they're getting paid, maybe look a little more internal and, mm -hmm. and don't, don't beg for that extra money create something that they can't turn down mm -hmm. like that that's what you got to do it, be, getting paid for being in a band is almost like getting paid in arrears it's like uh it's kind of like sports contracts like you know somebody's going to get paid that really big deal after they've kind of gone over their peak it's because they're getting paid in retrospect yeah to like what they've done just recently you know like coaches yeah will get paid that way like you've done so good in the last two decades we'll give you a Forty-seven million dollars, you know, even though maybe you're kind of at the end of your peak. So I, it's it's not it's not what you're gonna be able to do. It's what have you been doing is how you're gonna get paid. So yeah. that's I hope I don't sound like an asshole, no. but that's that's what I'm trying to say. No, I mean if I were to nail down my you know synopsis of what I was saying today and everything, I mean I would narrow narrow it down to three points. Point one being you know define your expectations early and know what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, band, cover band, original band, whatever. 
freelance musician, it doesn't matter. Know what your expectations are to find them and, and work for it. Number two, you are selling a product like he, like Mike already mentioned. You're selling a product at the end of the day, and you need to understand that. So, you don't, again, like you said, you don't deserve anything. Nobody deserves anything necessarily. You have to work for it. Mm-hmm. So if you want success in, in your product, you have to give time, effort, and a lot of care for your product and then put it out there and hope somebody likes it. And then from there on, it, you know, build your, you know, top people to come keep coming to your shows and then they get their friends to come to their shows and then they bring their friends and everything like that like we played a show the other day and we had like a, a friend of mine from high school i haven't seen in like eight or nine years just show up and he's like dude i didn't even know you were in a band yeah. and i was like dude i didn't know you still live like, that's awesome like you know he's like i didn't know you even played like that anyway but you know so yeah step one like i said define your expectations step two you know, you're selling a product, so believe in your product, but make sure that your product is ready to be viewed and ready to be used. Um, and then number three, you know, like you you just said this like just a second ago of like, I hope people don't think I'm an asshole for this or anything like that. But like, ask for help. Totally. If you're having an issue, ask for that's help. That's what this find, whole group's about. Find somebody to talk. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Like, talk to somebody about it because... There, like I said, there's this weird ego thing where like people might not want to ask for help because they think it might be showing weakness. We're musicians, man. Show some weakness every once in a while. <laughs> We're like all huge. Most of us like go home. Like I know myself. Like eat, like Ben and Jerry's, watch Netflix all night. You think that's a glamorous dudes, life? No, dudes. And I will tell you, it never <laughs> it never gets easier. Like I am the mentality of we just we sold fifteen hundred tickets at McElroy Auditorium. Which was more than like national acts do there sometimes, mm-hmm. and I still and everybody had the best time, and they sold out a beer, and they were rushing in cases of beer the whole night, and I still was like, oh man, I don't think that was a very good show. Like right. uh, this was it, this was the last show we'll ever play. Everybody hates us. Like that's <laughs> like it never. You never just become complacent. I, yeah. I I'm always striving to just be better and better. Well, I mean that's I think that's a good mentality to have though. Yeah. Not not necessarily like. Obviously, don't be down on yourself about it. It's obviously it was a wonderful show, you know what I mean. But at the same time, it's good to not find yourself yeah. complacent with no. with just oh, this is okay, yeah. this is good enough. You know, having humility. Strive, in what you're doing. yeah, strive for the next the next level. You know, and um, I, it's only because I'm talking right now. If I was <laughs> going to give my final piece on this, continue. Um, it's it's allow yourself to, yourself the time to take those steps. Like you say, I mean, Ian, you're at three years. Mike, you guys just did ten years. How long is slapping tick? Eight, nine. Nine ish. Eight, nine ish. I mean, take the time. You guys are all doing such amazing things, but it took so much time to get there, and you realize the steps uh, to to actually get there and everything. Uh, that whole mentality of the. Uh, you're paying a musician for this. What you think that you're paying them for is just playing some music. What you're actually paying them for is moving your gear and doing all this other gear, this other stuff. And and uh, you put in you put in all this time for lessons. Like nobody asked you to do that. You yeah. did that because you're passionate about do it. it. So I think it's love it. it's absolutely pulling from both angles. You 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 do deserve to get paid. Understand your worth. If you need to know, if you need somebody to tell you what your worth is. Find a friend or somebody else in the music yeah. community and let them tell you if you can't be honest with yourself. Totally. So that's it, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. What about you, Kurt? Well, Closing remarks from Kurt. 
my closing remarks are <laughs> basically you want to get paid you got to offer a good product yeah. that's the way it is i'm going to go out i own a pest control company if i do a crappy job i'm not going to get paid if you can't sell houses you're not going to get paid mm-hmm. you have to be good at what you do um you need to work on that if, if it's not working you need to accept that Maybe you're doing something wrong. You need to be able to accept criticism. You need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to change, you know, make some adjustments. Um, at the end of the day, if you're not bringing in a crowd, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on you at that point. And it might, you're not going to get the crowd right away. No, we had to up. play for We've all done years yeah. to get to the point where we are. But you, you can't at least just... had people at Red Baron. We didn't have anyone at yeah, Red exactly. Baron. <laughs> exactly. No one came to watch us. Right. <laughs> right. But the, the, what I'm saying is, you know, work on the product because unless you can offer the good product, you're not going to get paid more. It, it's all about getting butts in the seats. Yeah. That's at the end of the day, you get paid when there's butts in the seats. And yeah. the, the formula is there. It's get give people a reason to come see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, I think I think we nailed it. I don't. I think the discussion's over. I think we've hit every point. There is no debate anymore. It's just perfect. Like says, oh, there's gonna be, hopefully like I haven't gotten any really <laughs> responses on these podcasts. It's like oh, I disagree with that. Like I would really love some yeah. some oh, disagreement or some get, agreement. You're gonna get a fuck you, Kurt Green Day rules thing right off and, the and, bat. And that had nothing to do with the current right, Green exactly. Day. I don't even can we say is that? there a Green Day band? Yeah, I don't even know. There's currently a brand new Green Day. Uh, they're called. Uh, American Dookie. American, American Dookie. Dookie. Yeah, yeah I didn't awesome know that. musicians. Didn't know didn't that, and it had nothing to do with so it. Can yeah, we, I hear they're fantastic. <laughs> we'll put a disclaimer, like, yes. we'll pause the podcast when you first <laughs> said that and go, yes. disclaimer, Kurt has no idea that there is <laughs> he currently a... He he I, knew, I knew Mark Moss had one, but he's <laughs> yes. in Texas, and he ain't listening to this no, shit. No, it's anyway. all right. It's all right. <laughs> and, and, and real quick, like, look at uh, what the current landscape is. Like, pe- people are really into the tribute bands right now, and and that's what some people have gravitated towards, and that's been an immediate success. So, you know, it's decide decide what you want to do decide what's popular yeah decide, dude i i never liked playing t swift songs 10 years ago but i'm playing them now because people love them so yeah. you know like tay tay bay bay you know that's that balance man that's that yeah. balance that you got to talk about what you love and what people love and that's yeah. the the proper balance of that is what makes it a good product i yep. think so yeah helps to make a good product well it sure was great having you guys ian thanks dude, for joining us first time having me man how did it feel Felt great. I mean, this is not the first time I've been in this room, but true. Yeah. I like when it's the first time people have been yeah, in this room, yeah, but no, yeah. uh, that's okay. But no, it's the first time meeting you guys in person, which I've heard both of your names before. So, well, you know, Kurt, Kurt Kurt's like a an entity. Like you, you, <laughs> yeah, you know him, and then you finally meet him. You're like, oh, that's Kurt. You know? I I float through the door. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I yeah, hover. Imagine. I hover up the <laughs> stairs. Kurt, thanks for coming, man. Absolutely, Ian. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. As always, Mike. It's good to be here again with you. Yes, thank you and again. His, you, I can't house. do this without you. Yes. <laughs> What's what you say? It's your house. No, he doesn't live here. This is not my house. your house. Spends enough time here. Yeah, exactly. You see the door open. Where the hell are we? Oh, you guys, out here! I'd like more people. I'd like to hear a really loud yell from Sean Pryor in the corner. Do you think that picked up? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Cue, cue the music. We're going to get out of here. There it is. Uh, leave us your mean comments or your agreement comments. We'd really love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks, as always. Okay, bye. Deuces. Bye.